0: The Tang Dynasty, 618 to 907 AD, was one of the great peaks of Chinese civilization. It was a time when a confident empire looked outwards and enjoyed vibrant cultural exchanges with the rest of the world. San Sai, or three-color glazed pottery, invented in the Tang dynasty, is the signature pottery of that era. Among the rarer surviving items is this model of a courtyard residence. The model shows the front and rear courtyards of the complex, but the most fascinating part of it is kept safe in a storeroom. It's a Sansai model of a rockery. This is the earliest known model of a Chinese garden feature. It confirms the antiquity of classical Chinese garden design. The rockery is based on a triangular arrangement of large stones. At their foot is a pool. Trees grow on the mountains in miniature, with birds perched amid the branches. It forms a template still followed to this day. There are few written records about tongue gardens, most being found in the poetry of that time. Xi'an was once the capital of the Tang empire. This street is lined with lamps decorated with Tang poems. They all celebrate one particular location, the Chujiang Pool. The Chujiang Pool is now a lake in Xi'an's city centre. In the Tang dynasty, the city was known as Chang'an. It was a magnet for the wealth and talent of the empire. Hopes, dreams, romance, drama and disappointment all found a place in the streets around the lake. Wang Wei was one of the greatest poets of the Tang He passed the highest level of the imperial examination system, aged just 20. His career as an official went through various ups and downs, but in 755 it witnessed one of the greatest dramas in China's history. The illustrious emperor Xuanzong's capital was captured by rebel general An Lushan's army. Wang was taken prisoner and forced to serve the usurper. As the rebels celebrated their victory, An Lushan asked the Royal Theater to perform for him. Musician Lei Ching refused and smashed his instrument. An was furious and had him dismembered on the spot. Charged with grief and indignation, Wang Wei wrote a poem in memory of Lei. After years of turmoil, The rebellion was crushed. But Wang Wei was forever tainted by his association with the rebels. His mind became troubled with shame and self-accusation. These are the oldest stone carvings that preserve Wang Wei's Wang Chuan collection. There are 20 of Wang Wei's scenic poems in the Wang Chuan collection. They describe the landscape through the eyes of the poet and are regarded as the pinnacle of this genre of poetry. Wang chose the site of his retreat with extreme care. It was about 50 kilometers from Chang'an and over 60 kilometers from the Zhongnan Mountains, famous for their hermits. This careful positioning showed that Wang did not lose all interest in an official career. It also showed that he wanted to commune with nature, coming and going as he pleased. Wang maintained a hermitic lifestyle but never fully cut his ties with the secular world. Whilst staying at Wang Chuan, Wang Wei developed his understanding of the relationships between people and nature, gardens and cities. To him, a life in nature and one of worldly affairs were no longer contradictory, but part of an organic whole. Wang Wei would be pardoned for his reluctant association with the rebels and rose to become a deputy prime minister in his final years. Though he would not live to see peace fully restored across the empire, he found at least a modicum of solace at his Wang Chuan villa. Wang not only used the garden to express his thoughts in his poems, he also used poetry and paintings in the design of his garden. It is his influence that has made Chinese garden design an expression of a particular artistic vision. Wang started a trend that caught on among the literati. His garden at Wang Chuan was a stepping stone in bringing nature from the wilds of the mountains into the cities. Not only would the garden Wang built for his retreat and solace influence later generations of literati, but it would also become a model for many imperial gardens. For hundreds of years, Wang's bucolic idyll attracted countless writers, artists, monks, and officials. They often traveled long distances to pay their respects to the artist and experienced the beauty of the location that inspired him. Gardens and gardening became fashionable during the Tang dynasty. A cultivated interest in the natural world inspired much art and poetry. To a large extent, this stemmed from the influence of Wang Wei and his Wang Chuan idol. As the Tang Dynasty ran its course, the garden craze became even more pronounced. Scholars would keep lists and records of famous gardens. By the end of the 10th century, Li Ge noted over 1,000 private gardens in Luoyang alone. one was especially famous, the Da Sur Garden, since it had been the refuge of one of the most famous tongue poets, Bai Yi. Bai was something of a social reformer, His memorializing of the emperor in protest at the conditions suffered by ordinary people made him enemies at court. This saw him removed from office on more than one occasion. However, posts as governor of Hangzhou and later Suzhou are evidence that his talents were not altogether overlooked. Towards the end of his life, he restored an unused part of the Xiangshan Monastery at Longmen to the south of Luoyang. While living there, he took to styling himself the Hermit of Xiangshan, indicating his increasing reclusiveness as he set about collating his literary works, many of which refer to his infatuation with nature. balance in life is crucial. Bai was able to resolve the contradictions between official and reclusive lifestyles. He redefined the way that Chinese people viewed nature and sought to incorporate it into their daily lives. His works expressed themselves in an accessible style that became part of the Chinese vernacular. Bai compared his poems to trees. The roots were emotions, the first shoots were in odd phrases, while the final form gave fruit to the full meaning. The flower is not a flower, the mist not mist. Coming at midnight, vanishing at dawn, the rising sap of a dream of spring. How long to be? It's lost without trace, like the morning cloud. In 1971, the tomb of the one-time Tang crown prince Li Xian, Prince Zhang Hui, was unearthed in Shanxi. Among the tomb decorations was a mural showing court ladies holding what we today call penjing or bonsai. Today, Chen Han-nong of the Chinese Penjing Artists' Association is looking for new raw materials for his creations they occupy almost every minute of his life as well as every corner of his home <laughs> Chen has a profound understanding of the Chinese gardens depicted in the Tang poems and uses it in his Punjing creations. Chen didn't have a fancy education but has devoted himself to Punjing and has created many astonishing examples. Nature seems far away in our big modern cities, but these small works of art bring it closer. Our pursuit of beauty is not limited by size, only by our imaginations. Punjing is a medium in which we can create our own words from our innermost thoughts. The Tang people may have discovered how to shrink nature down to size, but they still liked to big it up in their own lives. For many of those who sought retreat from the political troubles of the mid- and late Tang era, the gardens were ideal locations for relaxing and carousing. Bai Ji Yi himself supported several singing and dancing girls with his largesse. Bai was a generous host and liked to share his good fortune with others. He would invite guests to lavish parties of feasting and drinking, with wine, women, and songs all included on the menu. By himself once stated that after nine days of hard work, the tenth day should be spent in merrymaking. How else could one cope with the responsibilities of office? This non-contemporaneous painting depicts the gathering of the nine elders of Xiangshan at Bai's home on the 24th day of the third lunar month in 845. Paintings of gardens and activities within them became increasingly popular from the 13th century onwards became a standard setting for all sorts of scenes of life from the courtly and refined to the comic and even erotica. These themes and ideals influence and inform Chinese artists' conception of the romantic to this very day. it seems odd to think that the success of the Chinese garden was rooted in failure. The thwarting and premature termination of so many promising official careers. But as the social elite turned their backs on public careers, they refined and invented a sublime compensation, the private garden. Bai was a prolific writer and composed around 3,000 poems. In one of his poems, he wrote, I was crazily drunk and eager to create. So I sang sad poems from noon to dusk. Bai was nicknamed the monster of verses, in contrast to Wang Wei, the Buddha of poetry. By the end of his life, Bai's poetry was introduced to Japan where it would shape the aesthetics of Japanese garden design. At the end of his life, knowing his days were numbered, Bai ordered his singers to return to their homes. He likewise tried to sell his horse, but it whinnied and refused to leave. The singers refused to go too, but Bai had determined to die alone in the peace of his garden amidst the last butterflies of autumn. Two thousand years ago, the philosopher, Zhuang Zhe, wrote of how he dreamt he was a butterfly. When he awoke, he didn't know if he was a man who had dreamt he was a butterfly, or a butterfly dreaming he was a man. Zhuangzi's philosophy has influenced millions. His thoughts on individual freedom and natural romanticism transcend time, touching the essence of what it is to be human. Chinese gardens have evolved through the ages. Once the pride of emperors and tea magnets, they now form havens for the urban middle class, retreating, like Wang Wei, to their oases of solitude. The Tang dynasty was the first great golden age of the Chinese garden. Tang gardens were poetry in rock and water, flora and fauna. They both inspired and were inspired by the literary giants of their age. They served as sanctuaries for scholars wounded by the slings and arrows of outrageous fortune. In our modern age, we seek both perfection in miniature and on a grand scale in communal public parks. No matter how we define it, the healing power of nature is a blessing for all to share as it has been throughout the centuries, in times of joy, and even more so, in our darkest hours.